It's a big sports day today. Welcome to episode 34 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. So today, obviously, it's Thursday, so happy Thursday. There are three WNBA games, an NBA game. You also have the NFL starting up today for Thursday night football. And then you also have the golf tournament in Napa, California, the Safeway Open. So you have all kinds of sports going on today, so definitely watch something. Keep in mind, you also have tennis, which I didn't even mention. So I also have Pops here with me today. He's going to help me out with a couple of the things today. Right, Pops? That's correct. It's it's, It's another big sports weekend, including you with... Some more competitive games, so definitely it's going to be a great time. Yes, it will be. So, speaking of yesterday's games, um, I'll start it off with the NBA. So, it was the Raptors versus the Celtics, and that game went into double overtime. The Raptors ended up winning 125 to 122. Um, unfortunately, uh, my whole family, we were at a basketball event, so we were not able to watch this game, but we heard a ton about it. So it sounded like it was a pretty good game, though. So that's going on to Game 7. Um, they will, Whichever team wins this will end up playing the Miami Heat, correct, Pops? Yep, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, That'll definitely be a good series yeah. on whoever it is. I mean, I would favor whoever wins Game 7 between the Celtics and the Rappers. Yeah, um, me too. But it, at the same time, um, you know, how much energy of these two teams, you know, they, they've beaten each other up pretty good. And for me, uh just speaks volume to Toronto's depth because, you know, two of their game winners have come from players that um, people wouldn't expect them to. stars, you know. Um, and, and I think that speaks to... Not only the coaching, but even the coaching from the development standpoint. So that's a that's a deep team, and um, you know they clearly have moved on from Kawhi. They're one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals again. Yes, they are. What if it's the Raptors versus the Clippers? I mean, I highly doubt that'll happen. I'm not saying it will be, but I'm just saying that'd be pretty cool. And then the next game of the day, we had the LA Clippers versus the Denver Nuggets. The Clippers ended up winning 96 to 85. When we got home, it was the end of the first quarter or towards the end, and the Clippers were winning like 26 to 10. So the Nuggets ended up bringing like a small comeback almost. Right, Pops? Yeah, I mean, they went back and forth, but I mean, you're only scoring 85 points. That's not going to do too well. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, and then we go on to the WNBA games yesterday. So this one was pretty exciting. As most of you know, from our Labor Day podcast, episode 33, we talked about the Mercury Sun game. So obviously they played each other back to back, and it's been very close. In yesterday's case, the Mercury ended up winning 100 to 95 against the Connecticut Sun, but they ended up winning in overtime. Skylar Diggins Smith, I think it was like 3.4 seconds left on the clock, and they had to inbound it um, from full court, so that was tough. And she made a, she made a nearly half-court buzzer beater to go into overtime. So that was very impressive by her part. Yeah, it was. I mean, she, she went up to Rike um, to take it, you know, yeah. into OT. That was a game, too, where this uh, the Mercury got out to a great start, but Connecticut did bring it back. So Connecticut's showing some fighting heart. Um, 
But yeah, no, the Mercury, they're doing well. For me, And with the WMA games yesterday, it's all the games going over the posted totals. You know, obviously that tells me that teams are looking forward to either uh, advancing into the playoffs or leaving the wobble. Um, Because all these games, there's not a whole lot of defense being played or or everyone's just making their shots or a combination of the two. (laughs) Probably a combination, Vox. And then we go on to the Dream Sky game. The Atlanta Dream ended up beating the Sky 97-89. to The Chicago Sky are really struggling right now. They got off to a fantastic start, and I think, well, I, we weren't too surprised by how great of a start it was, but we're surprised on how big of a drop they're in right now. Like, they're going downhill. Um, obviously, Azura Stevens was a big factor in them playing at the beginning. So Shocked with the Chicago's. Struggling, I, I really am. I'm very yeah. surprised. Yeah, I think just about everybody is. And then the last game of the day was the Seattle Storm against the Dallas Wings. Pops Wings he- held it pretty close going against the best team in the WNBA, in my opinion, because they have the best record and they're playing so well. The Storm ended up winning 107-95, to so it was only a 12-point game. Um, I think that was the case the last time they played, too. So they're keeping it pretty close. Going against those big teams, the Wings are actually playing very well. Pops, anything to say about your Wings? <laughs> I mean, you sound com- like you're the owner of them. <laughs> they're they're competitive, you know. Um, I think they're like when you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you get that extra spicy sauce. You know, they're just tough. They they just they just keep competing, and you know, like I said at the beginning of episode one, and now we're over thirty episodes in. They're better than most people give them credit for. Definitely. I totally agree with that. And then, real fast, before we get into our WNBA games, I do want to um, touch on the football game today. So, my mom is so excited. In the last episode, you could just hear in her voice how excited she is. She is decked out in all her Chiefs gear, and oh my goodness. We have the Houston Texans. Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Houston? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yes. <laughs> um, so, as you say, we kind of have to root for the Chiefs almost. Oh, we have to. Yeah. And I am I told my mom I'm wearing a little bit of red on my shirt just for the Chiefs. She said it's only a little bit, so she's probably going to make me change, actually. <laughs> she she will. She, <laughs> she's crazy. She's crazy when it comes Lily's to Lily's wearing the Kansas City Chiefs uh, dress right now, Pops. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I just had to touch on that because that was pretty funny. I, I think most people think the Chiefs are going to win. Um I don't. It's not really going out on a limb there. They're they're favored by almost ten points. Um, but Houston, I can't help but think that they haven't forgot. You know, when they these two teams met in the playoffs last year, and pretty sure it was either I think it was twenty one or twenty four to nothing Houston in the first quarter. So. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. One. Yeah. So and Deshaun Watson, you know, he's no joke, and Houston can score points. Um, and I think it's going to be you know this is the season. There's been no preseason games, so there's been no like, t- you know, true like going back and forth game planning and stuff. So I I always think that that usually affects um, offenses when it, it, when we're talking about the NFL. I think it it affects offenses more than it does defenses, uh, just because usually timing is off. 
as it relates to running against live people. So, um, you know, when you normally watch preseason games week one, I mean, offenses are way behind defenses. Uh, so I guess what I'm trying to say is this could be a lower scoring game than what most people think. I can understand. I can. That makes sense. I could agree with that. Okay, well, moving on to our WNBA games of the day, because everybody knows that's my favorite part of the podcast. Um, so first off, we have the New York Liberty, who are 2-17, and 17, against the Indiana Fever, who are 5-15. and 15. So it's almost a battle of the worst teams in the WNBA. Pretty darn close. <laughs> Pretty darn close. And um, these salaries, the highest between the, all the players is 8600 And that's Julie Alleman from the Indiana Fever. Uh, I still don't understand her. I, I secretly love this game. I, I think this is the really? game to stack from a dub, uh, from a WNBA standpoint. That makes sense. There's a lot of low prices. Yeah, you know these two teams, their season's over. Um, what else better to do than to just put up big numbers in this one game? Uh, I think this can be a close game. I lean to the Liberty, and I like the over. Indiana opened up as a five and a half point favorite with a total of 164.5. I like the Liberty. I think they. Think they're this, gonna get another win? I think they might. I think it's a one possession game either way, so I consider it almost a 50-50 game, and the Liberty are getting five and a half points. And again, I like the over here. WNBA games are going over right now, and I think this is the game that's gonna go way over. Okay, well, if you're thinking it's gonna be a one possession game, you have to think of almost the clutch type of players. So from the Liberty side, that'd be somebody like Kia Nurse, she's seven thousand three hundred. Or you even have the rookie, Jasmine Jones. She's been performing pretty well for the Liberty. She's 6,300. From the Fever side, um, if you're also thinking of Clutch, Kelsey Mitchell. She's only 8,000 today. And that is very low for her. Um, She's usually the highest one on the team. So um, that would be the one. I would actually be taking her in my DraftKings lineup today. Kelsey Mitchell at 8,000, and Pops, if you had to choose, would you go Kia Nurse at 7,300 or Jasmine Jones at 6,300? I'll go Kia Nurse. Okay. I I, I agree with Pops. I was leaning that way as well. And from the sleeper standpoint, I know that I mentioned her in the last podcast, but Paris Kia, she's kind of a veteran. She's like, um, she's like young, but older <laughs> it's hard to say but she she knows what being clutch is like so she's 4,700 if you would like to consider her as a sleeper from the Liberty and Paris Kia she came from the Indiana Fever so it could also be another revenge angle for from that fact um, from the Fever going back to them you can also consider Kennedy Burke 5,200 it's tough with the fever because you have Natalie Chanwa at 7,600 and then the next player is Kenny Burke at 5,200. So there's like that $2,000 drop right there. So that's um, when you see that, usually it's tough to take players from teams that have those big drops. That's true. You're right. You know, you're the DFS champion. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so <clears throat> at this point in the season, I'm looking more at situationals and whatnot. And I got to give you all the credit, Tati. You're the one that uh, knows these players inside and out, uh, specifically the, you know, not normally starters. Um, so I'm leaning on you, girl. <laughs> Thanks, Pops. Okay, going to the next game of the day. This is going to be a battle right here. 
Okay, so we have the Las Vegas Aces, who are 15-4, and four, against the Minnesota Lynx, who are 13-7. and seven. There is an injury on the Minnesota Lynx side of Lexi Brown. So that could that affects their shooting because she's a shooter. But then again, the Lynx, they're a pretty well-rounded team. Pops? They ahead. are. So the Aces opened up as a 4.5-point favorite um, with a total of 164.5. I actually thought that line was a little bit short. Uh, it's now since gone to uh, the Aces minus 5. I'm still a little bit surprised it's not a little bit more than that. Um, I have a lot of respect for the Lynx, and that's been said recently. Um, but, I mean, the Aces are still right at the top of the food chain. Yes, uh, they are. So, automatically, this line is lower than I expected. Uh, so, that tries to t- makes me go back to my handicapping and figure out what maybe did I miss. Is it on the Lynx side? Is it on the Aces side? Um, and then you add in the Lexi Brown injury, you know, that would seem to think that it would favor... Uh, the aces so tough game here for me Um, you know we got to consider what is the motivation for the aces right now you know um, is their seating set Um, you know I know they've lost three out of their last four games as it relates to against the spread Um, all of them have been at eight and a half points or more of a favorite Um, you know you got to go back quite a bit of a long ways before it was the last time where they weren't favorite in a game Um, and at the same time, the Lynx have lost two straight and they haven't really necessarily that. been that close, uh, specifically in their last game against the Mystics. So, you know, you got to figure out motivation in this game. And I think you have to, even you, Tati, from a DFS standpoint, you have to understand motivation and then you'll be able to figure out playing time and then yep, usage. Definitely. So when you, okay, first I have to mention on the DraftKings side that Jackie Young from the Aces is all the way up to 9,000. That's, um, for what she's doing this year, I can understand that. She's higher than Angel McCautry right now, which is obviously like their second or third best player on the Aces. And so I feel like that is good for her because she has been playing pretty well this year. She's showing that she was the first pick in the draft last year. Um, so from the... Aces, Asia Wilson, she's 12,000. I feel like that's quite a bit. I always know that when Nafisa Collier and Asia Wilson go up against each other, it's a pretty it's a pretty good matchup because both play defense and both have good offense. And then you throw in the mix somebody like Demiris Dantas from the Lynx. She's 10,100, which is actually pretty high from her. I'll be staying away from that because normally when you see like a player that's not too much known over 10,000 that's kind of tough to take them um from the links (laughs) it's a tough one I mean if you're thinking of Lexi Brown being out you lean more towards the Odyssey Sims she's 6,400 she would be their other option but I'm not I'm just not too sure about it I think it's gonna be tough um from the aces I, I think that Danielle Robinson has been playing a lot better. She's 5,500. She's been an impact out there. The only reason why I don't mention her in the DraftKings side is because she's more of a defensive type of player. So being on defense, which I, I think that if you play like amazing defense, it should count as extra fantasy points besides the steals and blocks. 
but she just doesn't get too many fancy points. So it's tough to take her. I like Kayla McBride at 7,500, and even somebody like Sugar Rogers. Sugar, sugar. <laughs> she's 4,100. Coming off the bench, she plays pretty well. From the Minnesota Lynx side, what do you think of Dangerfield right now, Pops? She's 8,300 in DraftKings. She's staying, like, about the same right now. Um, I mean, I still like her a great deal. I know this is usually about the time in the year where rookies tend to start to get a little bit tired, typically. Uh, just because that makes they, sense. they've played a lot of games. But obviously, the Wubble's a different situation. It's not like they're traveling. So I think that actually helps them. Um, and to me, she's got just a ton of spunk. So I think we're good on that part. Um, but yeah, I mean, also, you have to consider that game film's out there now. And so now teams are scripting, and you got the best coaches in the business. So um, it's going to be harder for her to surprise anybody. And, in fact, she's not surprising anyone at this point in the season. Um, But I just think the unique situation, um, no travel, the pandemic, the wobble, I think they're good. I agree with you, Pops. Okay, let's flip the page on that one. Okay, next up we have the Washington Mystics, who are 6-13 against the L.A. Sparks, who are 15-5. Okay, so I can tell you... That the Sparks opened up as a seven and a half point favorite here, uh, with a total of 163 points. Uh, the totals now, it's now, I'm sorry, the side's now up to plus eight. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna probably surprise you here. You're I like, go I with like the, the Mystics. Mystics. <laughs> I do. Um, I, I like the Mystics a lot here. And in fact, I think this is another one possession game. My favorite play of the day today is the Mystics plus eight. <laughs> what a shocker! I wouldn't have never guessed. <laughs> Um, so, from the injury side, the Sparks, Brittany Sykes is questionable with an abdominal, I think I said that right, abdominal injury. Um, I don't think she'll be playing because, um, as Pops would always say, questionable and probable are two totally different things. So, I highly doubt she'll be playing, which um, gives somebody like, let's see, Chris, Christine Anagui, that gives her some more minutes. And even Tia Cooper, their rookie. Tia Cooper is 6,000. Uh, Anagui is 5,000. From the Mystic side, they've actually been playing pretty decent as a team. Um, I'm not too sure, though. I think it's hard to take anybody from the Mystics on the DraftKings side because you have, like, the, another one of those drops between Ariel Atkins and Tiana Hawkins. Um, Atkins, which I think I would be taking on the Washington side, is 7800 And then Tiana Hawkins is 5800 Like I just talked about, that $2,000 drop is tough. But I would be taking, who was it, Ariel Atkins at 7800 from that side. Ariel um, Atkins, I feel like you take her a lot. Well, Is that true or not true? Earlier in, okay, last year I was really on her from the Washington side and she's like an on and off player almost like she plays well every game but like between the point standpoint it's hard for her it's harder for her you know what I mean I mean I'm on her like most of the time though (laughs) what's her usage like I mean is she getting up tons of shots um she gets up a decent amount of shots yeah about I say like 12 to 13 a game I say that's, like, in the middle area. I think that, like, Maisha Hines-Allen, what do you think of her? I mean, I think she's killing it this year. I mean, she has to, she has to be a step 
she's stepping up. Definitely I think she could be a up. most improved player. She's a most improved player candidate. Definitely agree with you there. I'm not sure if she would be. Most, well, I don't know. No, I, I don't guess. think. I don't think it's gonna be hard for any Mystics player to win any <laughs> award just based on the record. Yeah. You know, and the fact that they've underperformed, but. And then what about Emma Meesman? She's nine thousand five hundred. It's not. I don't know. Um. So I've been incredibly disappointed with my favorite player ever. Um, <laughs> I think she's had an awful season, and it's hard. You know, it's one thing to sneak up on people and be the the uh, a secondary option. But then it's another thing when you're the target of every other team. And that's what separates superstars from just good players. Um, and that's important. And, yeah, I'm looking at you, Tati. <laughs> and so, but at the same time, you know, Washington's doing, it's the last week of the year. Washington's doing everything they can um, to finish the season the right way. I could see where Meesman shows up. And if she does, I could see her going off. So, like, playoff mode, Meesman. But I don't like her matchup today with the Sparks. Understandable. Um, from the Sparks side, I'm leaning more towards Tia Cooper or even Christine Anagui. I like one of those two today. If I had to choose, it would probably be Anagui because she plays more of the position of Sykes. And she's 5,000 today. So, I'm leaning towards her on I the Sparks side. I love that pick. Why, thank you. She's actually... So she started off the year at like three thousand two hundred, and she was she really wasn't doing anything. And then when Neca was out for a little bit, she got more minutes and was surprising. Um, Derek, who's the coach again? Derek Fisher. Derek Fish point four. <laughs> uh, Derek Fisher, and so he started playing her more, and she's been stepping up in her minutes. So I like her today. Okay, and then that wraps up the. WNBA on my side. Anything else from the WNBA on your side? No, just Liberty and Fever are going to score a lot of points, <laughs> and the Mystics are going to surprise the Sparks. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so then we have one NBA game today. We have the Lakers-Rockets game four. Pops, who you got? Um. Well, first let me say this. In the last game that the Lakers-Rockets play, I feel like the Lakers were playing pretty well. I thought it was the best game they played so far in the bubble. Yes. That's why you get and a they long. They needed that. That's why you get a long while from me. Um, I don't think we can sleep on the fact that they're watching the Clippers the night before, and now Clippers have a three-one lead. Yeah. I think that gives you know the the Lakers. They don't want the Clippers to have too much extra rest or an extra couple of days to prepare, <clears throat> and I think that means something. Um, at the same time, you know from. What I look at, this is a Rockets or Pass situation. But I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, know. I think Rajon Rondo has he been exactly awesome. the spark that the Lakers needed. Spark. <laughs> right? And so, to me, all bets are off. This spread, this spread is low. I'm a little bit surprised it's not um, higher. So, again, that scares me a little bit with the Lakers. Um, I think this is the game. Oof. Tough game, honestly. Uh, I'm going to be watching as a fan. If someone's up big at halftime, I'll, t I'll look to back the other side coming back in the second half. Um, I would like to think this is going to be a lower scoring game um, just because I feel like we're getting down to nitty-gritty time. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I could only lean to the under. Uh, but I I've been impressed uh, ever since Kyle Kuzma got his girlfriend in the, in the bubble. All of a sudden, he's it, playing like, a lot Win of Winnie, Winnie Harlow. Harlow. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> 
Probably because he played around a round of golf the other day. Before his game, he played around yeah, right. a round of golf. That's right. <laughs> he needs so. to do that more often. <laughs> um, I'm leaning towards the Lakers side. They're playing really well. I feel like they needed that type of game to find more of their chemistry. And Rajon Rondo, I feel like he was a, a really big key piece in that. And he seems to be the one player that steps up in the big moments for the Lakers. So I'm leaning towards the Lakers side. Okay. I think Eric Gordon is the guy to watch tonight for Houston. Eric Gordon. I expect a big performance from him tonight. I learned uh, last year to not ever take P.J. Tucker in DraftKings. <laughs> I took him like three times in a row. And P.J. Tucker, he is a great player. I will say that. He's a good player. But from the DraftKings side, don't take him. I'll tell you that right now because he has a decent um, salary cap. And when you take him, he barely does anything. And I learned that the hard way. <laughs> Not enough usage when we're talking about Westbrook and Harden. Yes. And even Eric Gordon. I mean, you got all kinds of players that just like to shoot. He, he just gets a ton of rebounds. That's the only thing. So, anything, I mean, I know the golf's going on. Pops, you're a big golf guy. Who's uh, your favorite pick? The new golf season has started. New season on the PGA Tour. And I think that's funny because last week was the end of the Tour Championship. And next <laughs> week's the U.S. Open. So, it's, uh, it's a different world out there right now. Uh, even golf's been affected by the pandemic. Um, as far as a pick, that that's really tough. I'm going to go real deep. Uh, he's He's... He's not anyone that most people would ever even know, and I'm sure the people that listen to this podcast don't know who he is, but uh, Kevin Chappell, he's a guy, oh, a West Coast guy, um, was a, a, a former uh, like either Ryder Cup or President Cup player, uh, battled some injuries, um, has three kids now, uh, he's about my age, so he must be getting up in age, <laughs> uh, but he's a gamer, you know, and, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this week. I think this is the week where you're looking to take people that aren't the big names just because most of those players once the the big players that are playing this week are honestly they're looking uh they're preparing for next week uh in the US Open. And then you consider the atmosphere right now, uh the surroundings of where they're playing this tournament in Napa, California at Silverado. Um Silverado. and there's nothing but fires going on up there. And, and so it, you're going to have to have someone that's uh, – this tournament means a heck of a lot to them. And any of the big names, they're already looking forward to next week at the U.S. Open. Well, so, anybody that's from California playing in that tournament is looking to, like, impress or yep. uh, show that that's where they're from. Yep. And, like, donate – maybe even donate some of their winning money. You never know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then in college football, there's college football tonight. Miami, the Hurricanes are hosting UAB. Uh, UAB is a pretty good team this year, um, so I think Miami needs to be careful there. Uh, and then the tennis that you mentioned earlier, uh, the semifinals for the women. Semifinals. And, yeah, primetime situation. Naomi Osaka versus Jennifer Brady in the first oh, matchup. Be good. And then in the second matchup, uh, you got two moms. You got Serena Williams and Victoria Azarenka. Uh, those two have a lot of history. They played each other a heck of a lot um, <laughs> as we're talking about this. Um, actually, Azarenka is favored to beat Serena in a really, really close match. Um, and Jennifer Brady, um, you got two Americans, right? You got Brady and Williams. Serena, uh, Brady has been lights out. And she's, you know, for Brady, if you take these four names, you got Osaka, Serena, Azarenka, Brady. 
<laughs> so, but the funny part is, since Brady is the least known player, I could argue Brady's played the best tennis so far at the U.S. Open. Isn't she the one that's not ranked? Uh, no, she, uh, that's Peronkova that lost yesterday. Oh, uh, but Brady, I think she's either 23 or 28. So uh, the lower ranked. Yeah, she, she's definitely the lowest ranked player that's left. And um, and from a credential standpoint, uh, she's way in over her head. Um, but, you know, she's she's playing really well. Never but, know. Yeah, I know. I, know. I can see it going three uh, three games. Three, three sets? Three sets. So a lot of people want to see Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams play again in a final. Um, uh, me personally, I think we're looking at uh, Naomi Osaka versus Victoria Azarenka. Okay, then. So that's all I got. I hope you guys all have a great day. Please tell a couple of your friends, for, for those we were able to follow, who's listening to this podcast and who isn't from a number standpoint. Please share with your friends. Uh, give Tati a listen. She's, she's a killer, and she's giving out info. And I'm proud of her. Love you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Pops. Well, I mean, I have nothing else to say. Obviously, Pops likes that Liberty Fever game. So make sure you jump on that route or else Pops might get a little mad at you guys. <laughs> so thank you guys all for listening in. It's a big sports day. Um, I mean, I know I'm playing in games this weekend, so it'll be very exciting. Uh, make sure you watch my Instagram for those uh, for those game highlights and everything. So thank you guys for tuning in to episode 34 of the Daughter and Pops podcast.